Alright, we finally did it. The latest episode of Dynamite yet. So, let's just begin. You know, I talked about last week's episode like it didn't really connect with me and it was really flat for the first hour or so. This one, on the other hand, straight away connected with me, straight away made me feel invested because first match of the night was Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks, and you know what? That probably was my match of the night, no lies. This was a very cool fight between two young up-and-comers, well, how young? One is like 27, another one like 30, but in the wrestling game, without a doubt, they feel very young and very unexperienced in comparison to other big stars in this show. But they pulled an incredible fight where Darby Allin was trying to work on Ricky Stark's back that eventually paid off. And Ricky Starks just tried to counter everything uh, thing that Darby Allen is trying to do and perform some incredible moves to work on his ability to do jump from a top rope or on his arm so he couldn't do anything when it comes to normal moves. You know, there was some great uh, sequence between two of them, but the one that really stood out to me when... It was when Darby Allen tried to fly from a top rope after performing his typical stunner, but then his springboard failed because in mid-air, Ricky Starks performed incredible spear. It was so awesome. And that's how you can basically call this match. It was awesome. Even though the ending came out kind of from out of nowhere with... Darby put in Ricky from a top rope, you know, on the uh, on the on the mat, and performing a coffin drop on his back and picking up one to three. It was a little bit weird because it was so out of pace in comparison to everything else that happened in this match, but it was a very good match. And once again, I think maybe was my match of the night. Then we had a segment with Brody Lee and Cody, where at first Cody had an interview in the middle of the ring. He said that he, well, he basically PR his new show on TNT, where he was one of the judges with the Snoop Dogg and two actors and actresses. I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, then when the interview asked him, "What about the match between you and Brody Lee next week?" He said no, he go off, and then he came back and says no, as if no regrets, and of course I accept, and then Brody Lee came out and they had a massive fight. So, this segment is weird for me because I love Cody's promos, and this one could have worked with a crowd, not gonna lie, but I think he dramatizes too too much you know there was just too much drama him recognizing the fact that he went to the tv show great but it mostly felt like a pr of the show the fact that he said no was cool then came back in his typical you know voice when he tries to put over something 
you know, he gets emotional, he tries to say, no regrets, I will of course accept, it felt a little bit, um, if not forced, then just stupid. You know, there was no reason to do this, and it was cool, but I feel like some emotional connection with fans certainly was thrown out of the window because of his dramatization of this segment. So, overall, we got not a bad promo, and then we had a massive fight between Cody and um, Brody Lee, where all the roster, or at least big portion of the roster needed to come out and separate them, but they keep on fighting a couple of times, escaping the roster members, like three or four times, it was very long, and we had women fighting, like Anna J and Brandy Rhodes once again continuing their feud, even though they came to our first conclusion of their story on the late night Tuesday edition of Dynamite, so... You could have kind of dropped it, but you decided to go with it, so cool. But then you see Nyla Rhodes attacking some women. And overall, for me personally, this segment came out uh, forced, long, and a little bit weird and stupid. Because there was no need to make it so long. There was no need to put, you know some of your women's into this segment, like Nyla Rhodes, just because she wasn't on TV for quite some time. But overall, it achieved what it fighted for. I am invested into next week's uh, match between Brody and Cody. So I guess there's something positive. But if we're talking about positives, then we had FTR versus SCU! For the AW World Tag Team Titles in this brush of greatness. And holy shit, was it a good match. Bloody hell, it was. But before the match even started, AW remembered the fact that Scorpio Sky will be tagging with Frankie Kazarian. And Scorpio Sky had a little bit of an interaction between Sean Spears on, again... Tuesday night edition of Dynamite, so they remembered that, and they teased their future rivalry, their future match, maybe, with uh, when SCU cut a promo and they decided to go out of the ring, Scorpio Sky met his eyes with Sean Spears, and Sean Spears said, good luck, well, I'm into this, because I want to see this match, and something that I thought will happen, but it didn't, that Sean Spears will cost... Uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian in this match because, well, not only Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears have their sort of rivalry, but also Sean Spears is part of Tyler Blanchard's squad, and who else is, is in the squad is FTR, Four Horsemen, and all this shit. A little bit more teases, a little bit more substance to them coming as a group down the line can be established with this rivalry with Scorpio Sky, you know? But it didn't happen. Sean Spears didn't cost, he didn't interfere into this match by any means, and we had an incredible 10 to 15 minutes long match between FTR and SCU, and it showed just how great, fr great Frankie Kazarian still is. I'm saying this like three weeks in a row, 
with uh, Frankie fighting against Hangman Page at first in the incredible match between them. And now with this tag team match with FTR, he showed that he still can go. He can do these incredible moves and incredible good field comebacks. It was just brilliant. And some great cheeky tactics from FTR to let Christopher Daniels go when... They pretended that he hit the legal opponent, you know, and they and a referee needed to ejected um, Christopher Daniels. That was cool, and the way that they won the match, which was something that they pretend that Christopher Daniels did, but this time Talley actually did it, sneaking the leg of Scorpio Sky, not letting him kick out of uh, Pinfall from Cash Wheeler. So. That was a great heel tactics from Talley and FTR, but also, just in general, it was a great match between those two teams, and it showed just how great the division can be, and next week we're gonna have TH2 versus FTR, and I'm bloody looking forward for this as well, because TH2 were underutilized. For quite some time. Since the beginning of Dynamite, let's be honest. They've been losing and losing and losing. And they will lose this match. There's no doubt. But the collision of styles. You know, FTR, the sneaky 80s heels. And uh, TH2, basically the equivalent of, holy shit, look what I can do. And then Jack Evans does a 640 onto his knees, you know. This will be incredible. I don't think it will be better, per se, than this match, but it will be very interesting to look at this collision of styles. Uh, and once again, there was... My favorite storyline took place here still. It was Hangman Page sitting on a commentary, barely saying anything, just drinking, and from time to time, living his comment on what happened in the match. But before the match started, he said that he's still looking forward for Kenny Omega Hangman Page reunion. And, um, well, during the match, they announced that something big is gonna happen at full gear. And they announced that we're gonna have a tournament with eight participants. Every single Dynamite episode, we will have elimination match. At a full gear, we're gonna have a one-on-one match that will declare the first contender for the AW World Champion. It's cool. Uh, it pisses me off because you still have rankings and you're not really utilizing them at all right now. But sure, you know, FTR with their 20 minutes of greatness, brush of greatness, where they allow any you know single opponent to challenge for their titles if they wanted. Um... John Moxley will, you know, face against Lance Archer, who is in top ratings, but he also won this Casino Battle Royal. He faced against Eddie Kingston, who is not in the ratings. So, it's a little bit sad that they're not using them, but I'm gonna let it slide, because we found out that Jungle Boy, Phoenix, and Kenny Omega are the first three of eight participants in this match. And Hangman Page sold it like he he been struck with some awful news. He spit his whiskey and he looked shocked and he looked just just sad. 
because he realized that his dream of reuniting with Kenny Omega is no longer can be because, well, if they wanted to have their rematch at full gear, they can't have this because, well, you know, uh, Kenny Omega will probably be at the main event or, well, in, f on full gear, fighting against someone, maybe Hangman Page, in a singles competitor. Uh, then we had Chris Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy, and uh, within a circle, and with Hardy and Marquan on the ringside. It was a fun little match where Isaiah Cassidy showed his spirit that he is uh, he's very talented young bloke. But again, it just surprises me every single time how much Chris Jericho is willing to give to this AW youngsters because once again he bumped like a motherfucker for Isaiah Cassidy even letting him use some of his moves like Lion Soul that got a near fall and a code breaker that got a near fall but unfortunately for Isaiah Cassidy he couldn't pick up a victory uh, Judas Effect 1-3 Chris Jericho's winning but during the match Chris Jericho decided to show some disrespect to Luther, and Luther attacked him. So it kind of made me feel like, oh no, next week is a 30th anniversary, we will have Luther and Chris Jericho. After the match, Jake Hager and uh, Chris Jericho attacked Luther and Serpentico, and it was later announced that we're going to have a tag team match between Luther and Serpentico versus... Jake Hager and um, Chris Jericho. I'm not fully against it because obviously Luther has history with Chris Jericho. Just because Chris Jericho is an AEW, he was obviously signed by AEW. Uh, and it's nice to have this match at 30th anniversary. But I just thought they're gonna do this All Elite Deletion match. It would make so much sense because. You can utilize so many uh, visual representations of Chris Jericho because Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho go a long way with WWE. And Chris Jericho had so many iterations of his character in this three decades that you can easily use them in this Lake of Reincarnation style. Um, and all the deletion match will allow them to do some crazy moves that obviously. Uh, Rebby Hardy will allow to use them because if they're gonna do something crazy and in the Hardy compound she'll probably kill both of them but again you could use so much stuff here and I hope they will do this maybe at you know 14th of October episode or maybe down the line uh, but I think it's a little bit of a wasted opportunity even though I understand why Chris decided to pull this match instead of any other match. Then we had Orange Cassidy versus Tan from Dark Order. This was a little bit weird. As I said last week, I don't really like the fact that they use Orange Cassidy that much on TV every single week with his, you know, basically wrestling maneuvers every single week. He's not just, you know, lazy motherfucker like he used to be. He's an actual wrestler, sometimes being a lazy motherfucker. And I, I'm i getting behind his character, but I think utilizing him every single week just 
take something away from him. This special wow moment that you want to have with the crowd. And I understand that you're not going to have a typical crowd for quite some time, even though Florida allowed this 50% capacity. But still, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with me right now that Orange Cassidy is basically every week he's fighting or he's interfered into the parking lot match or some shit like this. You just don't need to have him every single week fighting, you know? And obviously Orange Cassidy won, even though 10, most part of the match, he was, you know, controlling the pace of the match, basically. Then we had an incredible fun segment between MJF and Wardlow and the Inner Circle. He came into their locker room, congratulating Chris Jericho on his massive win tonight, and basically giving them the presents. It's a special t-shirt or whatever with, you know, personalized for every Inner Circle member apart from Sammy Guevara. So teasing, maybe kicking off Sammy Guevara if he's going to join the Inner Circle, because if you're going to join the Inner Circle... Every single place has already been locked. You know, we have a tech team, um, we have our massive block, we have a high flyer, and we have a leader. So, you get rid of high flyer and become a part of Inner Circle. And uh, basically, they had a little banter between MGF and Chris Jericho once again, with the typical, do you want to join the Inner Circle? Do you want me to join the Inner Circle? No, do you want to join the Inner Circle? This banter, once again, that we've seen in uh, first editions of Dynamite, if I remember correctly, it was like near seven months ago before Revolution, right? Uh, so, once a great, great stuff, and then um, MJF leaves, and Sammy Guevara screams, what a loser, and Chris Jericho stops him and says, perhaps, perhaps he's not. Teasing that maybe Chris Jericho really wants to let MJF join the Inner Circle. So, I'm really looking forward uh, to see what's going to happen down the line with MJF and Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle. And I have high hopes. Yeah, not going to lie. Then we had like a 7-minute match between Britt Baker and Red Velvet. Uh, It was just a match to show that Britt Baker is back. And she's ready to go for the title. I think that was about it. Nothing more to think about. Typical women's match. Typical women's segment, to be honest, you know. The seven minute of basically nothing meaningful for the for the women's division. And then we had our main event. John Moxley versus the opponent of Eddie Kingston's choosing for the AW World title. But before the match, Eddie Kingston came out with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix and the referee and cut an incredible promo saying that, what do you think about yourself? Do you think you have balls to ring the bell and say that I was unconscious because I was just passed out for a couple of seconds and I wasn't tapping out. I wasn't thinking about losing my only opportunity to become the world champion. And you coasted me this opportunity. But the referee cut himself a great promise saying, You're right, we've known each other for 18 years, but that's a personal life. You can call me whatever you want, you know, after the match, before the match. 
And that's fine because we're friends, but when it comes to the world title match on national television, I will protect you from yourself. And that was a great promo from this dude, uh, even though Eddie Kingston basically said, kick him in the head, Panzer and Phoenix. But John Moxley saved him, coming out with the bat, with a barbed wire around the bat, and basically saying, come out, tell me who's my opponent, I'm going to kick the living shit out of him. And I was truly hoping it's going to be Pentagon, but unfortunately was Butcher. But to be honest with you, it wasn't that bad of a match. It was very, well, it was slower than if it would be against Pentagon, but it was very physical, very groom, uh, brutal, working on, for example, butcher work near all his all this match on the knee and the leg of John Moxley. John Moxley just tried to put him away with every single move that he could possibly do, but because of the size of butcher, he couldn't do uh, paradigm shift, he couldn't do some other moves. And he needed to use his brain to win the match. And he did it again with the same submission as he put uh, Eddie Kingston out. And Butcher tapped out while Eddie obviously just passed out. After the match, they attacked John Moxley, but Will Hobbs came out to save him. Brian Cage came out to attack Will Hobbs. And the match ended in a chaos when Eddie Kingston needed to be stopped by Ray Phoenix and Pentagon, and he just get out. Teasing that their feud is not over yet, but also establishing that next week we're gonna have Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage for the FTW world title. Uh, good stuff, not gonna lie to you. I really enjoyed this edition of Dynamite. There was some uh, character development, there was some storyline development with uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, uh, Cody and Brody, and some great wrestling. So, even though there was nothing so special in the show, I can't really be mad about it because, yeah, there was very good wrestling and storyline continuation. So, what else do you want from Dynamite? Of course, you want, you know, this high 4 out of 5, 5 out of 5 shows where you would just have incredible moments like debut or some shocking turn of events, but it wasn't meant to be, and to be fair, the show didn't suffer of the loss of this big film moment, because it felt consistent throughout the whole show. So, once again, I really enjoyed this week, uh, Dynamite. I would love to hear your opinion, and uh, thank you for listening, and hear you soon.